Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Relationships depend heavily on good communication. Would you agree with me on that? I mean, just try being married and not talking to each other for a month. That could pose a problem. What is true in marriage and among people is also true with Almighty God. On our end, if we are not communicating with Him, we are losing ground. And that doesn't mean that He stops loving us or that on His end He does not keep us as His children. But what it does mean is our fellowship with Him, our closeness to Him, our dependence on Him is uh, broken, is, is cut down if we don't communicate with Him. And that communication, of course, is what we call prayer. The disciples, as they observe Jesus praying, ask Him a favor, ask Him a question, and that is, Lord, would You teach us to pray? And it was common in those days when uh, disciples of a rabbi uh, would uh, be following that rabbi and learning from that rabbi. It was common for them to ask the rabbi to teach them to pray. And the rabbi would often write prayers for their followers to, to pray. Well, in Jesus' case, they saw his active, genuine prayer life. The scriptures tell us that he would go often to desolate places and pray. And the disciples at times would hear what Jesus was praying. And so, uh, with that in mind, uh, they became learners, learning how to to pray. And even after Jesus ascended back to heaven, uh, their prayer life was no doubt affected by what they learned in those days. And we too can learn from the prayer life of our Savior because, thankfully, much of that prayer life was recorded in the Scriptures, inspired Scriptures. One of the most significant prayers that Jesus prayed that we have the privilege of reading in the Word of God is found in John chapter 17, and it is known as the High Priestly Prayer. And I'd like for us to take a look at it for just a couple of moments to see what we can learn from it. This prayer was prayed on the night before Jesus died and obviously prayed in the presence of the disciples because God allowed them to hear it and then to later record it. The Apostle John, of course, in John chapter 17. This prayer could be divided into three sections. Uh, the first section is Jesus praying for Himself, just a direct uh, conversation to the Father about His ministry. The second section would be Jesus praying for His immediate disciples there, His apostles. And then the last uh, and third section would be Him praying, Jesus praying for all of His followers, and that would include you and I. What can we learn from this prayer? Well, let's just look as Jesus prays for himself in verses 1 to 5. It says this, Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. And so Jesus, of course, is talking about his hour, the hour of his death has come, and he's asking that he would be glorified, uh, and he would glorify the Father uh, through that. 
Verse 2 says, Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all, all to whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This... Jesus prayed, is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, and here's his request for himself, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And that reminds us, even as we uh, read in Philippians chapter 2, that Jesus uh, was willing to uh, limit himself uh, and, and, uh, and take up human flesh and come here and for a period of time uh, limit the display of his glory. Uh, one time in his earthly ministry, he took Peter, James, and John up on the mountain, and they uh, he was transfigured before them, and they saw uh, a portion of his glory. But prior to coming to this earth in full glory, the glory of divinity, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God of very God, eternal God, uh, and all of his glory, but he willingly veiled that glory and limited the use of his, of his divine attributes during his time on this earth. Now Jesus says, Now glorify me with the glory that I had uh, with you before uh, the, the, the world was. Before the world was. He is the eternal God. Now how can you miss that? And so as Jesus prays, uh, his prayer is for the glory of God. And that should always, always be our prayer. You know, we pray for the good of ourselves and for the good of others. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's prayed within God's will and within the parameters of Scripture. But uh, the greater thing that we should pray for is for the glory of God in us and through us. And and Jesus modeled that there. Well, the second section of, of this particular passage is Jesus praying for his immediate disciples. Jesus said, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Man, that verse is just loaded. They they were the fathers and the father gave them to the son there in that earthly uh, ministry. And, and they were the men that God used to lead uh, the post-resurrection surge of the church. Uh, at one point, uh, the enemies of, of, of Jesus said that these are the men that have turned the world upside down. Well, the Scripture goes on to say, Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave me I have given to them, and they've received them, and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. So Jesus is praying for these men that in the process of these last three and a half years have come to know that Jesus is from the Father and He is the promised Messiah, the Anointed One, and He is God of very God. They have believed. Jesus said, they have come to believe. These are the men that you gave me, Father. Now they've come to believe. Let's see what He says further. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come 
come to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, that would be Judas, that the Scripture might be fulfilled." And so Jesus said, uh, you've given them to me, I've kept them, they have not perished, and now, Father, as I leave, keep them. He's praying for their security, and they're going to face all kinds of things. They're going to face persecution, and, and uh, all of them except the Apostle John are going to face martyrdom. And see, that prayer was answered. God kept them and God used them until He had, uh, had fulfilled all that He wanted to fulfill through them. And then He brought them home. And He brought them home gloriously as martyrs for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of the, the gospel and Jesus Christ. Well, verse 13 says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Now Jesus is praying that they will be full of joy. He's not praying that they'll have happy circumstances. He's praying that they will be full of, of joy. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Aren't you glad that Jesus prayed that? They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And, and that's a word for us. We're not of the world either. And then he prays in verse 17 for those disciples, sanctify them in truth. To be sanctified is to be set apart from something to something, from sin to salvation, from living a sinful lifestyle to living a holy lifestyle. Sanctify them in the truth. And that's the only way we can be sanctified is in the truth, the truth of, of the Word of God, the truth truth of Jesus Christ who says, I am the truth. Your word is truth, he says. As you sent me into the world, now he's going to turn. He says, let them grow, grow them, sanctify them, grow them up. But then verse 18 says, as you sent me into the world, I have also sent them in the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Now Jesus prays for their mission. He says, I've been sent in the world and I've come on my mission to seek and to save those that are lost, to, to die for, for those that would be saved. But He is now saying, I'm sending them. Help them on their mission. Well, that's Jesus' prayer for His immediate disciples there. And wasn't that prayer answered? You can read the account of how God used them in the book of Acts uh, to, to further establish His church that he said he would build, that prayer was answered. But I love the last part of this prayer. It's the prayer for us. Listen to what it says. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but also uh, for those who believe in me through their word. Amen. I just got to stop and say hallelujah. That's you. That's me. We have believed through their word. The word, the, the inspired word of God that God used them to write. Oh, thank the Lord, that they all may be one, even as you, Father, and me, and I and you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. He prayed that we would be one. He prayed for our unity. Let's go on. Listen to this prayer. The glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me. 
that they may be perfected or matured in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory which you have given me for you love me before the foundation of the world. Jesus said, I want them to be one and then I want them to be with me. And that's the promise that you and I have as believers in Jesus Christ. We have been given right now at this moment. We possess eternal life. We don't wait till we die for that. And that eternal life is a quality of life, but it is also a duration of life. And one day we'll pass uh, from this world through the channel of death unless Jesus comes first. And we'll pass into that uh, full blessing of eternal life. And we will be with Him. And we will behold, we will see His glory. And we'll see His glory and experience it and live in it for all of eternity never ending. That'll blow your mind, won't it? I can't even imagine never ending because I am a finite creature. I can only think in terms of beginnings and endings. But one of these days that uh, will be taken off and, and I'll know that I'm living in eternity, no end, see and rejoice in the glory of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, this prayer concludes. Jesus says, O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you and these have known you that you sent me. That's the disciples. And I've made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. And Jesus ended his prayer with love. The love that the Father had for the Son, that the Son had for the Father, that the Son and the Father had for for those of us who follow Jesus Christ. He loves us, and He wants us, as we have been loved, to love one another. That's a word that we so desperately need right now in this hour in which we live. I hope that you'll take some time to go to John chapter 17 and once again read through that prayer. Let the prayer of Jesus, which was answered and is being answered, let it bless your very soul. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.